0: listening to two beers please that's right it's our second episode hey, of you, the said, Re- you said the name this time i said the name now they I'm know not gonna, i'm not gonna lie i have it here on my notes to say <laughs> <the name. laughs> i didn't want to forget because I, I listened to it this this morning and i was like oh man i really did this biff it there
1: <laughs> <laughs> i didn't even notice that you did that i mean i guess i know that what i'm listening to but it is probably good to to say your name Right. Well, we've, you know, this is two beers, please, yeah. everybody. Boom. Nailed uh, it. We're boom. starting off hot today, folks.
0: We are starting off so very hot. Uh, excited to be back. So much sport action. I don't know if you feel this way, Matt, but today's my more favorite of the two days, more favorite of the action that we're going to be talking about, especially with all the sports that just recently came back. Um, For sure. So it'll be good. Yeah, Absolutely. And uh, like I said, we had our episode that came out earlier today, and I hope that you listen to that. And if not, I hope you listen to this one. And if not, um, you're a jerk. I don't know what to tell you. But, you know, otherwise. What else uh, are you doing? Yeah, what else are you doing? We're in a pandemic. I don't want to hear your excuses. I really, really don't. Anyway, glad you could join us today. We're great We're great. background noise, at the least. Yes, we're at least average background noise and you at, you need at least 10 hours of background noise a day so let's be real people <laughs> let's be real and uh let's just to remind you we had our our polls up on the social media sites to see what our third episode this week was going to be about remember i said in the last episode we were introducing this cocktail hour episode where we talk about something that's not sports and unsurprising and with a plum. Iowa City Bar Talk won those polls. You have spoken. You want to hear about me and Matt's times at Iowa
1: City bars. I don't know what's wrong with you, but yeah. <laughs> that now is I just what... have to try and dig really deep in my memory bank to like try and remember like what did I what happened right. at those bars? Right. And also for me, I have
0: to pick and I'm gonna have to be very careful at pick and choose about what I what I choose to disclose yeah. <laughs> on this
1: podcast. No, no friends will be uh, named or harmed in these recollections. Right. We're gonna we're gonna,
0: we're gonna really put it through the ringer. And if we mention any situations that are most obviously somebody, we'll we'll contact you ahead of time. We won't <laughs> we, we won't just go into a story that's very obviously you. So we won't do that. Oh, boy, but I am excited. We're gonna reminisce, we're gonna review, we're gonna revile. I mean, go Hawks! It's going to be great. I'm excited. That'll be later this week. But
1: for now, we stick with sports. How are we feeling today, Matthew? I'm I'm doing well. I you know, sports wise, it's great. I um, I kind of locked down when I think I'm coming back to the city to join you, like just after Labor Day. So still kind of you know, like a month out or so. But it's nice. It's nice to have. I mean, it's been so like question mark for the last however many months. I don't know how much time's passed. Um, so it's nice to have, have that, um, obviously very, very saddened to hear about the news out of Beirut today. Um, not sure, of course, specifics on, on that catastrophe, but my thoughts are with the people of Lebanon and, and with all those lost today. So sad note to start with, but certainly wanted to, uh, to put our well wishes out to them.
0: For sure. Yeah. Very important to talk about. And also in a region that's been marked by so much conflict in the past. So we hope for, a swift solution to whatever is going over there and hope for the hope for the best. It's hard being in the States. um, You don't hear everything. You just hear kind of the main news of it. And it's hard to grasp, you know, what the, what the actual situation is, but we do send our thoughts over to them. Um, What are we drinking today,
1: Matthew? I, I went with a basic one. I just, I went with my, I got like two draft beer go-tos. My first one, obviously Guinness, but you know, Guinness, Guinness is heavy. So I went with just a nice little blue moon. So I got, I got the can, so I can, Ooh, Ooh. Down. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's one of my, go- I just went with a nice simple one. We love it. We love it. And if you
0: don't know for a little trivia, blue moon, my favorite beer. So there we go. I'm not my even sure trying Right? It's my right. favorite beer. Well, yes. I it for you, Yannick. What are you drinking? I know. I am drinking something. So last time I drank coffee and I was very disappointed in myself. I know maybe other people weren't, but I was very disappointed yeah. with myself. It is Even called
1: two beers, please, Yannick. Right.
0: It's not two random beverages <laughs> for some oh, random no person. I you want? So I went out and got myself some beer, and I wanted to be really specific about it. So to commemorate our, and I'm saying our because we already established that they're our team now, our Brooklyn Nets upsetting the Milwaukee Bucks. today, I got us a nice six-point brewery beer. That's right. Beautiful Beautiful Brooklyn brewed, and this one is called Trail Haze. And I actually got the description online because it was better than anything I was going to say. So let me read it to you, Matthew. Don't call it a light beer. Just 4% uh, ABV and 99 calories, but dry hopped and brewed like those haze bombs people wait in line for. But we know, ABVU, you're not standing around waiting in line. You're hiking up mountains and forging ahead to the next adventure. Blaze your trail with some haze that can actually keep up.
1: That is Certainly. that's beautiful. That is a beautifully written description of a beer.
0: I know. I loved it so much. I'm gonna try to open mine. There we go. Oh right. yes, and it's 99 calories. The Brooklyn
1: a great Brooklyn has a, ton, has a ton of great breweries.
0: They do. New York in general, I have more breweries than I thought it did. Truthfully, I was looking it up because I wanted to get something. Yeah. I was like wow. They do. And Six Point, I'm always I'm always impressed with Six Point Brewery beers. So I'm very. Happy. Let's see how it tastes. Oh, see, that's like a nice seltzer. That's nice. Nice little seltzer. I'm gonna I'm gonna run after this. So that's perfect. That's just what I wanted. That is just what I wanted.
1: We are you not one of, one of these episodes, we'll just do white claws. You missed the first episode. I drank a white claw I forgot while about that. Yeah. We'll
0: drink white claws together, though. Yeah, I didn't get, yeah, so, I I didn't didn't get enjoying. It's a different experience. It's a different <laughs> experience to drink White Claw with someone else versus yourself. I think different different situations, very much so. Truly. Oh, boy. Um, but yeah, we have some beer. I'm watching uh, the Blue Jackets play the Maple Leafs, which is an exciting series, and we'll be talking about them later today. That's what I'm doing. And uh, do you have a game on, buddy?
1: I got the same one. I think that's, yeah. I mean, I was going, I was watching Twins Pirates earlier. Um, yeah, but, the Twins are blowing them out. It's yeah, ridiculous. It's like, the twins are killing it. Twins
0: are killing it. I twins love
1: the, the twins. twins. Like, I don't know how anyone, like, can't just, like, like the Twins franchise. Like, they they just, like, they got a, a low, like, salary. They Like, they don't have a bunch of big-name players, like, a big contracts on their team. And they just, like, kind of year in, year out, just compete. They do. They always compete.
0: They're always a contender for playoff spots. Ryan Braun is the best man to ever play baseball. Let's be completely honest. He's just so consistent. Um, we love Ryan Braun, just a Minnesota legend. Braun. And um, yeah, I mean, well, Minnesota, Brewers, isn't he? Is he on the Brewers? Oh, man, I'm going to feel so dumb if he's on the Brewers. Let's check it out. I was
1: going to ask. Well, I mean, I know he was on the
0: Brewers at some point.
1: Ryan Braun, Maybe he's on Minnesota now. On the, yeah, he's on the Brewers, my goodness! Oh well, dude, and I'm you're not even act in, act You don't even get the the East Coast bias like pass. Like you mix. Hey, it it I looked at the
0: wait. come out. Uh, there is an M on his hat, and that is what I remembered, and that's what I was going with, and <laughs> that that's how I'm going to save myself here. Um, so I still Let's love Ryan Braun. I'm still going to stick by that. And, but yeah, the twins doing really well this season and with Minnesota United in the MLS cup semifinals, Minnesota having a good year. Of course, Minnesota would have a good year in coronavirus year of all the years yeah. that Minnesota would turn up. And that is very funny, but let's go back to sports. Here's my question of the day, Matthew. How great will Zion Williamson be when he hangs up his. His cleats, not his cleats, his shoes at the
1: end of his career. <laughs> whatever he decides to wear, whatever he decides. To wear. doesn't explode on him while he's trying to make a cut. Um, I, you know, I don't. I'm like, I'm torn on Zion Williamson in the sense of like his greatness. I, um, I love him, obviously. I think he's just like one of the great, great personalities, and just like a great guy, great kid. Um, I think he's. Like, the entertainment factor is obvious. I mean, I think no matter what, he's going to be like a Blake Griffin where, like, just the dunks he puts out, like, people are going to want to watch him. And he's got such a motor of, like, he'll do kind of the dirty work here and there. Um, I'm not someone that likes to be like, but the injury stuff, because I don't know if I'm going to, like, project on a player, I'm not going to be that pessimistic about it and be like, well, he might get injured because, yeah, he might get injured. But if he does, then, like, all the conversation of what he's gonna be is for not anyway so um but I, he's got he's got like stuff to work on in his game I think I think he's an all-star for sure but I'm not convinced he's gonna be an MVP someday I'm not convinced that he's he's gonna lead a team to a title um he's he's got to improve that shooting he reminds me a lot of like a young LeBron but more but young LeBron was more polished like I, I think Zion not that Zion isn't skilled but Zion certainly relies more on That athleticism and that size, Um, so and he obviously he can do it. He can polish that game. He can get a better shot. He can become a better man-to-man defender. Um, But there's some stuff more for him to improve on before I'm like, oh yeah, this guy's gonna be the best player in the league.
0: Right. Yeah, I do feel very similar. I think Zion Williamson, while he is this physical freak of nature, does have more to work on in order for me to really be able to tell. I went on the optimistic side of things. So in a world where Zion Williamson works and improves, ooh, Maple Leafs got another goal. That's 2-0. Congratulations to them. Durantle. And there you go. I love the Maple Leafs. They're a great team. Anyway, yeah. in a world where, yeah, in a world where he's able to capitalize on his physical prowess and then also kind of polish those other parts of his game, I think he will be a poor man Shaq, is what I'm going to say. I think he'll be a poor or man bad. Shaq. Is he gonna is he gonna be as dominant as Shaq was? No, for several different reasons. But I think if he's paired like Shaq was with the right players, I think he can really grow and become just a dominant player. I mean, him and Brandon Ingram showed what they can do last night. And I yeah. think if you pair with someone even better, I don't know, maybe him and DeMar DeRozan. I'd like that mix up in San Antonio. Maybe him and him and Kyrie in Brooklyn. I would like that matchup in Brooklyn. Maybe him and Jason Tatum in two years on the Celtics. I would like that as well. I think there are a lot of players that would pair well with him that are leaders on their side of the ball, that can shoot, but can also be playmakers. And I think if one of those guys gets paired off with Zion, Zion learns from them and also continues to use his skills to the right ability. I think he could be a poor man, Shack. Is he gonna be top 10? No.
1: Could he be top 25? Maybe. I could see that. He's got, um, I mean, just- he's got like the tools there to do it. I, I I totally agree. I think, I think it does. And I mean, this is true for any great player. Like nobody that's in the top 10 just, like, played with a bunch of schlubs. Like, I mean, I I always hated, like, the, like, oh, but then they joined the big three. I'm like, yeah, because Michael Jordan and Kareem played with a bunch of nobodies. Like, yeah. (laughs) uh, so, like, I do think it matters, like, who he's with. I think, like, somebody that can stretch the floor and be is more of, like, a shooter as opposed to Zion wanting to kind of bully down low. I also think, like, I always thought when they traded, when they got Lonzo, like, I thought that was, like, a perfect person for Zion. Because Zion, like I said, like, with that motor his ability to kind of find space and just the freak athlete he is, if he can have a guy that can deliver him the ball, like Lonzo ball can do sometimes like that, that's going to get him 10 points a game right there. Right. And I definitely thought the same hoped that that partnership, I mean, it could still
0: develop. I think Lonzo also has so much to work on. It, It kind of baffles the mind on if they can both get it together to like help each other out as much as they can. But yeah, I think Zion Williamson has a bright future ahead of him how bright we shall see i mean i wouldn't complain if i was being called the next blake griffin either so we'll see what
1: happens there (laughs) like the (laughs) like the lowest ceiling for zion still feels pretty high you know right exactly
0: the floor is high the ceiling is high yeah everything is high and that is just how life is well matthew Let's get right into it. Let's talk sports. We've got so much exciting stuff to talk about. We've got a little soccer action in Italy. We've got the NHL and the NBA back in action. We've got the WNBA. That's right. We talk about women's sports as well because they're just as exciting and important, and we want you guys to know that. We like freaking uh, sports, okay? We like freaking sports. We don't
1: care who plays them. Yeah. We don't care. Just get a ball care. or not a ball, because for some sports, and let me see you play. Right. Exactly.
0: Thank you, Matthew. I couldn't <laughs> have said it better, and that's exactly what I was feeling. <laughs> we go. Oh, boy. Oh, man. All right. Well, let's start off. We got the Serie A ending last week. One of the most exciting Serie A seasons in recent history. It was exciting. Juventus. Uh, Yvette- it was exciting. So many great teams from top to bottom. I mean, even the teams that didn't feel, fit in the Europa League, you know, like Sassuolo and Hellas Verona, both exciting as well. And yeah, just really great. Just really great all around. I'm just going to go kind of top to bottom, Show tell you who finished where on the final day. Uh, Juventus winning the Scudetto two games before the end, um, and they won it for a record eighth time which in a row, which is the most out of all the big five leagues. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo scoring 30-plus goals. What else is new? Paolo Di being called Serie A's player of the year earlier today. Congratulations to him, especially after the beginning of the season that he had. And yeah, Juventus great in, in Italy as always, but they only won by one point at the end. They had a rough restart, and that means one game different is is Inter Milan's win. And honestly, they had so many chances to capitalize on, and they didn't. They finished second thanks to a last-day victory over Atalanta. And Antonio Conte, I mean, he'll think he did well, but he'll be mad that they didn't challenge. They were At the end of the day, they were one point off. And of course, the last two games, Juventus phoned it in, but they had chances, and they just didn't—they couldn't find the consistency— And they blew a lot of leads, too. They had so many two-goal leads that ended up being ties or even losses. I mean, they do have some good things to build on, right? Romelu Lukaku, phenomenal. Lataro Martinez came out strong at the end. Alexis Sanchez and Ashley Young, both people thought, why are they here? They both contributed. You know, they do have good players. They need a little more stability in that midfield. Maybe a new keeper, you know, Handanovic, getting a little old. And, yes, I think... That Inter Milan will be happy to finish second, but also frustrated. It's going to be bittersweet for them. Meanwhile, Atalanta finishing in third. They are ecstatic. I mean, of course, they wish they finished in second, but finishing in third. I mean, the most exciting, surprising team of the season. Can they do it again next year? I'm going to say no. I think that it was a great team. I think Gian Piero Gasparini has shown that he's a phenomenal coach. He'll be snapped up soon, and that'll be... Exciting to see who kind of, you know, wants to take a chance on him or will he stay one more year without Alonso? But are they the same without Duvan Zapata playing out of his mind? You know, are they the same without Papu Gomez playing out of his mind? I don't know. They're a bunch of, you know, good players that play well together. And I just, that doesn't often create long term stability. So I think it, it was a good, they liken, you know, much better but they kind of remind me of Sheffield. You know, they had a really good season. No one's expected it, yeah. but I think they will be a one-hit wonder. Not one-hit wonder. They'll probably finish Europa League for the good future, but I don't think they'll be competing for the Scudetto again next year. But, you know, what do I know? I would not have guessed that they were in this position either.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's impressive, especially with, like, their performance in the Champions Like, not only did they have Champions League football, but they're they're still in it, and they were able to to – finish again in a champions league spot it's impressive job by them
0: yeah it's uh it was really good job by atalanta and i mean i i'm not backing them to win the champions league but i wouldn't be surprised they're on the easy side of the bracket you know anything can happen on that side they just need to get to the final and keep winning and they can so it'll be exciting to see what happens there below them is lazio now lazio Finished fourth after a loss to Napoli on the final day. Obviously Lazio thought that they were going to be the main competitors to Juventus and just kind of sputtered out at the end. It's interesting, Matthew. They have the top score in Italy and Europe in Ciro Eh. (laughs) Immobile. Uh, had Had a stroke there for a second. Ciro Immobile, top score in Italy, and they had the runner up assist king by only one assist on the final day luis alberto so how does the person it that's you know the next the next closest team i can think of is bayern with lewandowski and muller and they won by a long shot so how do a team have those two kind of competitors and still finish fourth while the rest of their players i mean when luis alberto wasn't in for a couple games that he was injured they had no ideas i mean they they were truly Immobile scoring goals and Luis Alberto assisting them. And that's what they are. And that was too one-dimensional. They're going to need more ideas up front and more stability in the midfield if they want to really compete. But they do grab a Champions League spot, which is nothing to complain about. Roma, AC Milan, Napoli grabbing the Europa League spots. All great teams. Glad to see them back up there, especially AC Milan, who had a rough year last year and, to be honest, in the last couple of years. Roma was the uh, direct qualifier. They beat Juventus on the final day. Aiden Dzeko, the ageless wonder, 16 goals. We love Aiden Dzeko so much. And I, I watched him in, in Wolfsburg, and we watched at Mad City, and now we're watching him at Roma. I mean, he just doesn't. He scores. He scores, he scores, he scores. We love no, it. That's all he knows how to do. And he's just like, I don't care who I'm playing for. I'm going to do the same thing, and I hope it oh, helps. Yeah. And it does. That's what it does. AC Milan finishing right below them in the first Europa League qualifying spot. Strong finish to the end of this season, So much so that they were in talks to replace Pioli from the get-go, and he keeps his job. They basically rescinded talks with Ralph Ranić so that Stefano Pioli could stay in as manager. And the team has, especially on the offense, a strong identity. You know, they have Hakonchata Noglu. They got Ante Rebic from Frankfurt, and he's doing well. Teo Hernandez kind of playing a really great wingback role and the indomitable legend that is Zlatan Ibrahimović (laughs) just who will not die he will not die 39 years old I mean he is just ridiculous and good for him good for him and uh in that last Europa League spot like I said Napoli Napoli not, really not looking like themselves this season. Less than two goals a game, which, you know, is surprising considering what Napoli have been able to do in the past. Uh, Gennaro Gattuso, obviously the new coach. He needs to figure some stuff out. But, yeah, they need a better season next season. Uh, at the bottom side of the table, Lecce, Brescia, and Spal all relegated. Not really any surprises there. Genoa saved themselves on the last day thanks to a 3-0 win over a decent Hellas Verona side. Uh, which was good to them, and that's why Lecce was that last team eliminated. And uh, also that game involved three different red cards, so they they got lucky that it was not a worse-off situation. Anyway, we love Italian football for that reason. Many things will change, but red cards in Italian football will not. I mean, truthfully, <laughs> truthfully, truthfully, Truro uh, Mobley had 36 goals, but he had like 11 penalty goals, and it's just... <laughs> <laughs> it's a little ridiculous. I have to say. I have to say and it's fun to watch. I'm not gonna lie yeah. um, Benevento and Crotone coming up the final spot spot still to be played for um kind of like the championship um, but yeah Benevento finishing 18 points clear of Crotone so they're kind of the team that people are looking at when they were in the Serie a, I believe it was a year ago they went straight back down. We'll see if either of those teams can do anything. My guess is probably not, but good for them for being
1: promoted. Uh, in, in an update of news, the championship has been decided. A couple hours ago, Fulham with a nice double by Joe Bryan in extra time. They were able to uh, to beat Britwood 2-1, and so Fulham's back to the Premier League.
0: Oh, we love it. We love it. We love it. We love it. I'm pretty sure. I mean, if I'm wrong, maybe. Didn't I say Fulham was going to come up? I feel like I said Fulham was going to come up. Yeah. I feel like Fulham, that's something I said. Fulham
1: just belonged. Like, Fulham going down was one of those teams that you said you were sad to see to go down. Right. Right, right, right. And uh, Alexander Mitrovich back in the Premier League,
0: glad to see it. Had a it lot would, of goals.
1: It would have been nice if uh, Brentford could have could have gotten up because they've never been in the Premier League. Like, their last Division one like season, I think, was the year right before the Premier League started. But sorry, Brentford. Hey, you know what? You got next year. And
0: yeah. that you'll always have next year. We'll see. <laughs> um, you had a always lot of goals. So we'll always have London anyway. <laughs> Gosh, nice. that was is that all. From, is that from Casablanca too? Yeah, Casablanca 2, uh, Blanca and the Casa. The not,
1: yeah. not very well-known sequel.
0: Right, yeah, people were like this doesn't make sense and, people no one asked for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like every sequel. Um how about boxing, Matthew? How's we had some we had some title fights this past weekend. How did those go?
1: Yeah, I mean, I just I just picked a few of the the fights that uh, caught my eye from the weekend. Um boxing is boxing is the weirdest sport in the world because like even the best boxers sometimes don't box each other because of the different contracts and the different promoter like i'm like boxing just get your this is why you're not as popular as you used to be i mean there's other factors too but like this is part of the reason you morons um right but one of the big fights of the weekend angelo leo a guy who trains at a mayweather's gym he moved up to 20-0 after a pretty convincing unanimous decision over tremaine williams took the uh, wbo junior featherweight title um, probably going to be fighting Steven Fulton next, which who, is who he was supposed to be fighting. Fulton tested positive for COVID. So that was the reason he, uh, stepped out of the fight. Um, a lot of people think Fulton's probably still going to be the favorite in that fight, but Leo showed a lot in that fight. I think, I think he showed more fight and more kind of showed, showed his chops more than people were giving him credit for. So Fulton price still will be the favorite, but I, I don't think it's, uh, uh Leo's certainly not going to lay down for, for anybody. Um, light heavyweight rematch between Joe George and Marcos Escudero. I have to talk about this one because a lot of people are talking about this being the knockout of the year. Um, Escudero, uh, the first, in the first match, Joe George won a split decision. Uh, and then this one, Escudero was, was kind of getting the best of him. Just pressuring him a little more, keeping him, keeping him on his back foot. And then in the ninth round, Joe George smoked him. With a, a uppercut from the left side, an absolute haymaker, Escudero dropped. The ref started doing the count, and, and there was he wasn't getting up off the canvas after that one. It was we'll try and get a link on on the pages for you guys because like you have to see this this punch. Um, and it's part of the reason I love like boxing and MMA is because it is one of those sports where like one fighter can be dominated in a whole fight. But you give the other guy a chance, and if they got the power to, to put an end to it, boom, just like that. Because, I mean, if it had gone the distance, I think Escudero probably would have won. Um, but hell of a punch from, from Mr. George to get the win. And then I have the a question. I kind of want to talk about is uh, a fight that's not really a title fight, more of an up-and-comer. A guy named Dalton Smith got his fifth KO in six fights in the lightweight division. He moves over to 6-0. Uh, it was a win over Nathan Bennett. He was supposed to be a part of Great Team Great Britain in the Tokyo Olympics, and actually decided to uh, forego that because of uh, a weight change. And this guy's—he's uh, a guy that who's just like seems like he's on the path to eventually be fighting for some lightweight titles. Um, the guy's just kind of a natural fighter. He's got a bunch of skill, a lot of power, um, and only six fights in. But I, I think if he continues on the path he's on, he's going to be getting some big fights. And then this is just Matt's fantasy corner. I think that's always one of the funnest parts of boxing is just dreaming of the fights that will uh, possibly happen in the future. Uh, I mean, Errol, give it to me. Errol, well, first, there's Errol Spence, who he does have a fight against Danny Garcia on November 21st. But I'm really, really hoping that Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford will end up fighting. Yes! I just want to see it happen. They're two of the best, maybe. I mean, I think you could argue They the they are the two best um, pound for pound fighters in the world. I wouldn't say they are, but you could. Um, and are certainly, <laughs> there's certainly two of the best. And I think it's just a fight that's, that's long overdue between, between the two. Uh, of course there's still talk about a third matchup between Wilder and Fury, which I would love, but I kind of want to see Fury just fight, uh, Joshua. I think I like, I think Fury's shown himself against Wilder enough. Um, I wouldn't hate a third fight between those two because they've been such good fights and, it really is nothing like a, a heavyweight bout. Like that's that's why you watch boxing. you watch it for the absolute monsters that can throw more power than they know what to do with at each other. Um, but I really want to see a, a Fury Joshua fight. And then my true like pipe dream that I don't even know if it'll ever happen, but I want to see Vasily Lomachenko against Shakur Stevenson so so bad. Um
0: interesting. Yeah,
1: I think I mean I think Loma will probably have to go down a weight division because I don't see Shakur going up. But but Loma's fought down there before. Um and they're like I I just think I think like I think Shakur is I think the crown's for his taking right now. Loma's still got it. And they're just two of my favorite fighters to watch. So I think it would just be an absolute blast of a boxing match to to watch. Um and I think it would be, you know, the person who I consider the best pound for pound fighter in Lomachenko against a guy who Certainly has the uh, the cockiness of of the best pound for pound fighter. So I think it'd be a, a ton of fun to see Loma against Stevenson. But that's just my little boxing fantasy corner, and kind of the best part of boxing is just dreaming of the the, the bouts you may have. Oh boy, yeah, so much fun. So many great fighters. Who past
0: ten years, let's say, who's your favorite boxer? Oh, Not even the best boxer, it. just your favorite. Your favorite
1: honestly even in the past 10 years I think I would still say Loma I love watching Lomachenko box like he's just he's so clinical and he's so good like he's just so so dominant in in every way the guy's done it in like three different weight classes uh, I do love Terence Crawford and I, and I do love Tyson Fury like Tyson Fury is just like the ham of boxing that is just so enjoyable to watch but I, but I'm gonna go Loma I'm gonna give Loma, like pro- Loma probably just beats Tyson Fury. Okay, for me,
0: Anthony Joshua definitely love his swagger and his just his fighting style is great. And I'm a Canelo Alvarez fan. I'll always be a Canelo Alvarez fan. Just so much fun. Never a bad choice. Never a bad choice. And I just yeah got some Latin pride there too, which is always something good to tap into. Thank you, Matt. That was so much fun, and I hope that some of those fights do happen. And I hope then we can talk about them, and we'll just give you all of the action when it happens. Let's move to a fingers crossed. Maybe. Similarly, fingers crossed. Let's move to a similarly aggressive sport, uh, hockey. The NHL is. I mean, they are basically I like the that. half the time. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I. Uh... Just came to me right now. Anyway, (laughs) so the NHL is back since August 1st. So it's brand new back and and they did all the work they needed to. And for me, they have one of the most exciting setups uh, kind of into the playoffs here. All right. So let me just start here by saying kind of what the, not saying, explaining what the rule format is of the NHL comeback series here so first of all for the teams that are the top four uh before everything kind of got canceled they are all playing in conference specific round robins so they're each playing each other once and that's going to decide the first round seeding, which is crazy right because in the N- nba it's kind of oh you play eight games to finalize seating but they still have the results from before look at the boston bruins who had 100 points they were eight points above the next team and they lost their first game against the Flyers, and they only have two games to make up for it. So truthfully, crazy seeding rule here, in my opinion, but it's super exciting as well. And yeah, so they play each other each once, and that'll kind of determine the first four seeds. And in the East, you have the Bruins, the Lightning, the Capitals, and the Flyers. And in the West, you have the Blues, the Avalanche, the Golden Knights, and the Dallas Stars, which is surprising to me, but they are there. And just to kind of let you know how that worked out, the Flyers, like I said, beat the Bruins 4-1 in the opening game. Lightning beat the Caps in a shootout 3-2. And in the East, especially, this is a stacked conference in the East, truthfully. And it's a race for that top spot because you want to avoid playing the Islanders or the Hurricanes or the Blue Jackets like we know here. I mean, those are going to be the teams that you have to play if you even slip up one spot. So it's really a fight for that top spot and that so top spot.
1: Dennis Crosby and the in the Penguins like it's it's cutthroat in there. It's cutthroat. I mean the worst team that you could get probably
0: is the Canadians who are average. So you could lose against them too. It's really it's really going to be an exciting Eastern Conference especially. And uh in the West you have like I said the Blues, the Avalanche, the Golden Knights, the Stars. Uh Avalanche beating the Stanley Cup holders the St. Louis Blues with a buzzer-beater hockey goal, which we don't see a lot of. We do not. And Kadri got a buzzer-beater power play goal to beat the Stanley Cup champions in an important seating match for the Avalanche. Uh, and the Golden Knights beating the Stars 5-3, to three, so those two teams have the leg up right now. In the West, the conference, less scary, I would say. A lot of the team's inconsistent underneath the top four. But you do want to avoid playing the Flames or the Jets, whoever comes out of that one. That's a really good matchup. And I think that's going to be the team that people want to avoid. And I'm seeing someone's injured here on the floor. I'm not sure for the Maple Leafs. So I do hope that he is okay. I'm not saying who it is. But I hope that he gets out of there in good spirits. Anyway, the qualifying round is the remaining eight teams of each conference basically play a best of five series to advance to the first round with playoff overtime rules in effect. So in the East here are the matchups. You have the Penguins versus the Canadians, which is currently tied at one. You have the Hurricanes against the New York Rangers with the Hurricanes up 2-0 could clinch that playoff today uh, with a win. The Islanders against the Florida Panthers 1-1 and the Maple Leafs against the Blue Jackets. Currently, the Blue Jackets leave 1-0, but with two minutes left in the third quarter, it looks like the Maple Leafs are going to tie it up. What's up, Matt? Islanders are up 2-0. Islanders are up 2-0. Oh, I thought they
1: lost today. Did they not uh, lose today? They, they won today. Came back You're right.
0: They came back and won. They came back and won. That's one
1: of the bandwagons I'm joining. You know? I got to cheer for the New York teams.
0: Right. I forgot the Islanders came back and won. I was surprised about that. Right. So the Islanders up 2-0. Also need only one more game to clinch. We'll see what happens there. And yeah, really exciting so far what's going on. uh, Kind of in that Eastern Conference. I really like the Leafs Blue Jackets series. The one we're watching right now, I think it'll probably go to the end. uh, And the Hurricanes look good against the Rangers. So that'll definitely be good. And like you said, you have Sidney Crosby and the Penguins still up there. And the Islanders, who have been phenomenal this season. So the Eastern Conference is strong. In the Western Conference qualifying round, you have the Oilers playing the Blackhawks, tied at one. You have the Predators playing the Coyotes, also tied at one. You have the Canucks playing the Minnesota Wild, another Wild team with a chance. Another Minnesota team with a chance. I mean, (laughs) they Wild are up (laughs) 1-0. And you have another
1: Wild team, as if that's a state. The state Wild. They're Wild, baby. They're wild. I thought you meant it as like a descriptor. Like, man, they're just one of those wild teams. Wow. Those wild, wild teams. Those wild, wilds. Uh, shout out to
0: Will Blursch in that one. And Flames against the Jets, which is tied at one. My favorite series, I would say, Flames versus Jets of the qualifying round series. So lots of games played. I didn't want to go through all of the different individual scores, so I save you some trouble, but I will be going more specific in – future episodes, but that's where we stand. And right now, you know, like as usual in playoff hockey, it is anybody's Stanley Cup. It truly is. The, for, the round robin is going to make it, so who knows who's going to end up playing who. And honestly, you think about it, right? The St. Louis Blues are Stanley Cup champions, right? But they were not favored in the last playoffs. They were the lowest seed coming out of that division. And when the Bruins played them after beating the Lightning, everyone didn't give them a chance in the world, and they won. And that's what's great about playoff hockey. It's so unpredictable, and it'll be really exciting to see. After this kind of qualifying and round-robin round, you kind of have a first round and second round, which is going to be seeding against bracket, and the games will be best of seven. And then you'll have the conference finals and the Stanley Cup final, which will also be best of seven and take place at Rogers Place in Edmonton.
1: Denny? Yeah, I, like I, I also just really like that the NHL like bubbles are in Canada. Like I I just that's just great. It
0: yeah, it's what it's supposed to be because Canada's I, like,
1: oh well It's more like I get it's even more just like logistically that's why they did it because like you don't want to travel here. But it just it just fits the sport so much better too. Like it's just like hell yeah. That's where that's where the bubble should be. It should be in that's Canada. That's Where it should be. That's where we want it in Canada. All right. Well, uh, I'm gonna move us on over to a little bit of basketball. We were talking about the WNBA as you mentioned before. Woo-hoo! We apologize to the WNBA. We really haven't we haven't talked about them enough. We haven't given them the spotlight. Um, so. Just because of that, I'll go over kind of what they're doing for their shortened season. They have a, a bubble a bubble themselves down in Florida in uh, IMG Academy, uh, and it's going to be a 22-game shortened season between the teams. Uh, perhaps the biggest news so far in this early season is, unfortunately, a little bit of bad news, especially for us, us New York fans. Sabrina Ionescu in her second game, 33 points, 7 boards, 7 dimes, like just looked exactly like the overall number one pick you want. I mean, she's arguably one of the greatest college basketball players of all time. She, she can literally do everything on the court. Um, one of the most dominated players I've ever seen play the game. Um, and really kind of in that second game was, was living up to those at least hopes that you, you have when you're a struggling franchise like the Liberty and you get that number one overall pick. But as I said, there is some bad news to it in the second quarter of their third game against the Atlanta dream. Inescu uh, suffered a grade three ankle sprain, and there's there's worry right now, especially with the shortened season, that that might kind of threaten the rest of her season. Um, the Liberty are 0 and 4, so they certainly weren't making a lot of noise. Um, but when you've got a player that's just that good and that entertaining, and just a young player like that playing their their first season, it's it's sad to see um, her go down. So we wish Miss Inescu the best. I hope you come back because you're an absolute baller and a joy to watch. And it was, I mean. Just like who? Who in their second game of, of the their professional career goes and almost gets a thirty point triple double? Like she's just incredible.
0: She's incredible. We all knew she would be coming out of college, Oregon, right? Am I? Am I? Correct yeah, there? yeah, Oregon player, yes, and and just phenomenal. I was so happy. Can't wait to see her second
1: season live. Cannot wait. For real. Great, dude. I, she was she was one of the players like of. All college athletes of, like, when stuff started getting canceled, I was like, I think I might feel the worst for you because, like, Oregon's never won a national championship, and she easily could have taken them and won one and, like, just, like, even more – I mean, she's one of the greatest college athletes of all time, but it even – it would have been even just more of, of like, of a cement of being like, wow, just – you're an incredible athlete, so – Uh, We wish her the best. As as far as the standings go, there's only been four games. Like every team's played four games so far. The Chicago Sky, Washington Mystics, who are the defending champions, Seattle Storm, and the Minnesota Lynx are all tied up at 3-1 and apiece. Um, So I kind of think Elena Deladon not playing for the Mystics. Um, I certainly understand why. Hold no ill will towards her for doing that. Of course, we miss her because talk about fun athletes to watch. Elena Deladon is – is incredible to watch. So I think missing her is it's probably, yeah. She like she's just she's just a baller. Um, I think it's gonna hurt the Mystics. They, they still have the Finals MVP of last year, Emma Mieseman. They got Tina Charles down low. They got Maisha Hines Allen, who was the Eastern Conference Player of the Week. So they're certainly not lacking of options to score. Um, but when you lose a player as good as as Deladon, you do kind of wonder who's gonna fill that gap. So. Regardless, there's going to have to be players to step up if, if the Mystics want to defend their title. The Storm, led by two UConn greats, you got the veteran Sue Bird, and you got Brianna Stewart, who herself was the Western Conference Player of the Week in the first week. Um, you know, with those two cornerstones, they're going to be tough for anybody to beat. I mean, Brianna Stewart, I think you could argue is is the best player in the WNBA right now. Certainly one of the best. Um, Sue Bird's brought. Gosh, I don't even know how many titles to Seattle. I want to say three, um, but just an absolute winner through and through. So when you got those two pieces, they're they're going to be tough. And you know, the team I look out for the most is uh, not not the Sky or the Lynx out of those other kind of top teams so far in the in the early rankings. But I'm looking at the Phoenix Mercury. Um, okay. They got Bria Hartley, who right now is second in points per game at just uh, over a clip of 19. You got Brittany Griner, who's still one of the most imposing players in the WNBA. And then they got their own UConn veteran in Diana Taurasi, who, you know, you could argue is maybe the greatest women's basketball player of all time. Certainly one of the just greatest basketball players of all time. Um, so they got a heck of an attack and a lot of people to, to, to match up with. So I, I think keep an eye on the Mercury, but it should be it should be a fun season down in the WNBA um, and a lot of fun basketball with that they're they're playing down there.
0: Yeah, I just want to make it very clear for people that with players like Sabrina... I know she's injured, but regardless, with players like Sabrina Ionescu, Della Don, Brittany Griner, truthfully, you have no reason to not check it out, the WNBA. I mean, just so much action and exciting players to watch, more exciting players as the years go on and kind of uh, women's basketball is developed in college more and more. And I always have just a great time watching just as much. I and mean, truthfully, you have some absolute athletes out there and, and it is just an exciting league. And with 22 game season, it'll be exciting to see who can come out of that. I love the Minnesota links. Obviously the Minnesota league is such a great team to watch every year. And that's kind of who I'm looking at, obviously less exciting than some years, but that's who I'm looking at in terms of who might challenge for the title. All right, so we talked WNBA. We saved the the best, and and uh, I won't say the best. I'll say Matt's favorite.
1: My favorite, yeah. That's Matt's that's favorite. more I
0: There we will go. Matt's favorite uh, for the very end. So the NBA is back
1: in action. It is. We'll refer we'll refer to it though as as the other league for now. The other league. I did just turn on the Celtics heat game. Uh, I, I actually, I mentioned this to Yannick. I feel older because in the, the pregame part, it was like Vince Carter and Dwayne Wade as being the analysts. And it was, it was just so weird to see them being analysts as opposed to on the court. Like I've seen them for the last 20 years of my life. Um, it was actually, it was kind of sad too. I was like, Oh, I miss, I miss you guys. But, we're doing fine. We're doing um, just fine. We're doing just fine. You know, as I move to the NBA too, and, and as we just talked about the WNBA, uh, I want to quickly commend both the leagues um, for their show of unity against racial injustice. Um, it's it's something that both leagues, the WNBA and the NBA, certainly seem committed to more so than ever. Um, and and kind of the the unity of, like, standing up against racial injustice is just – it's across the board. You know, the coaches, the trainers, the players – Um, and so it's been, it's been great to see both those leagues really come out right from the start, um, and, and, you know, make their message heard that they're, they're standing against racial inequality and their fight against it isn't going anywhere. You know, sometimes we see these blurbs in in sports where, and I'm not holding athletes like accountable for that. It's not all on athletes to, to hold these fights, but, you know, you see these blurbs of, you know LeBron. Even a few years ago, um, they had the "I can't breathe" shirts, and and so there's there's times where there's a little bit of you know they'll stand up and and they'll bring their voice to an issue, and sometimes it kind of seems to to fade away a bit, um, and I I don't think that's that's going to be happening here in in either of these leagues, and hopefully we'll see it through through most of the other leagues. Uh, we've seen it in the MLS, we've seen it across Europe and and other leagues doing uh, kneeling before matches and stuff, um, but I think the WNBA and NBA seem truly committed to, to keep this fight going. So as I uh, moved in the NBA from WNBA, I just wanted to, to give the, those leagues, those players, those coaches, those organizations a shout-out for, for what they've been doing in that fight. Um, I,
0: I also really quickly want to say I've seen some stuff on social media that I do really need to call out. Um, there is a Magic's player, Jonathan Isaac, who decided against kneeling um, while his other players kneeled. Uh, had his own personal reasons for it. And as a black American is allowed to, you know, protest for or, you know, protest against, but like promote whatever he wants to promote in his own image. He's allowed to feel however he feels about the racial injustices in this country. And for people to laugh at him, tearing his ACL a day after he didn't kneel and to make that kind of ironic joke. I think is ridiculous, and I think it's wrong, and I think it's unfair. And I especially think we need to be careful about telling, especially the people who are at the center of the injustices being done, how they should protest these injustices. So I wish him nothing but the best, and I hope that he has a speedy recovery.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, he, Myers Leonard, I know Popovich, you know, there's a few people that didn't kneel. And I I mean, I don't really... I'm. I'm always going to support people for kneeling because they're kneeling, you know, to send a message about something certain. But somebody not kneeling isn't them inherently fighting against that message. You know, they. We all have have our own, um, you know, reasons for doing things, and we all have our own way of of like like these players not kneeling, or if they all would have kneeled, wasn't what's going to stop racial injustice. Um, so, I, like, I, I think the fact that some of them aren't doing it doesn't make them bad people. Um if they if they come out and they start saying comments that are like against Black Lives Matter, then yeah, we can hold them accountable. But like just not kneeling in itself isn't inherently wrong. You know, to be judging it like that would be the same way of, of people being like, oh well kneeling is disrespecting the military. Like you can't you can't judge it that way because it's just that's not fair to the individual. Right. And you if anyone who knows Greg Popovich who's outspoken about all these issues, you
0: know, It's ridiculous to claim that that's the reason it is. And also, but even more than that, Jonathan Isaac is a black American. Like, how are you going to tell him that he's not acting correctly? You know, that's just, that's that's telling someone who's at the center of an injustice how they should be reacting to this injustice. And then it does become performative because you're forcing everyone to do it. And that's not the point. You know, they should be doing it because they believe in it. And it's because they feel like that's how it should be dealt with. And yeah, so I wish him nothing but the best. And I thought it was really, I thought it was a shame to see people making fun of his ACL injury, especially in the, in the life of an athlete and what that can mean to him.
1: Yeah, I I definitely agree. Um, As, as far as, as the product on the court, it's been uh, a a pretty terrific return. You know, there's, there's certainly been a little bit of rust, um, some missed shots here and there. There's been a lot of scoring, so I think the rust probably more so is just on uh, maybe a little bit of lack of defensive intensity. But um, no, I mean, the games have been extremely, extremely exciting. The first first two games on the first night were both two-point games that came down to the last possession. The next night, there were two overtime games, um, which included an offensive explosion between the Houston Rockets and the Mavericks. It was 85 to 75, com- like which combined for 160 points, pardon me. And that is the most points in a first half since 1990. Um, Luka Doncic is apparently continuing his tear. Uh, he's had a, a 30-20-10 triple-double today. Um, the guy's an absolute freak. As far as individual uh, performances, TJ Warren the other night against the 76ers, uh, the Pacers guard had a 53-point outburst, like a Demolishing his old per, old personal high, um, so there's been like just a lot of good individual performances, good team performances. Just the games themselves, they certainly feel they aren't playoff intensity, but they certainly feel far more intense than the normal regular season. Um, like these these guys want to come out and they want to play, and I think mostly too they they want to make sure that they're they're ready to go when the playoffs take off. They don't have kind of the luxury of uh, you know letting the season get them into shape they got they got eight games and then it's it's go time and even in a seven game series you don't want to uh phone it in for for any amount of time um and and other news the Lakers did clinch the number one seed obviously doesn't really mean that much I was actually I was joking to my dad last night like what they should have done is just like brought some fans into the uh And then if you're the number one seed, you get eight fans. If you're the two seed, <laughs> you get seven fans.
0: <laughs> and I just like that.
1: the eight seed just has like the trailblazers or whoever get that last, just have like one fan that's just going crazy. Woo! Um, obviously that would have been a logistical nightmare, but uh, I would have loved it. That could somehow happen. Like at least try and give like some sort of benefit for for the seeding. Um, but still, I think, you know, as far as, you know, they don't get the home court, but I think it's still something big for them to accomplish um, and for their goals of this season, especially after last year, the disappointing season. I'm not going to say the trade for AD has been, like, now justified because I think if they don't win the title, then they're not really – they're not going to feel like it's justified. But so far, it's it's proving to be exactly what they needed to do. Um, in the East, there's not really going to be much movement seating-wise. There is a, you know, a little bit of a battle between the four, five, and six seeds, which uh, that's the Heat in the four, Pacers in the five, Sixers in the six. Uh, of course, if the Heat beat your Celtics right now, Jan, we might be talking about Heat in the three seed. Oh gosh. Um, We'll see. The Sixers, you know, the Sixers, I think, have a good chance to get up to that four seed, but that's if the Sixers decide to play with half the talent that they have. I mean, like if Joe Ellen B decides to be – Joel Embiid can be, then heck, the Sixers can make a run to the Eastern Conference Finals. Otherwise, they're going to bow out in the first round as the sixth overall seed. Um, this is my short time when I'll say fire Brett Brown. You have too much. I don't know how he's still the coach in Philadelphia. Right. The, I not what they have. Like, I understand some of these guys just need to work a little harder and, and show up a little more, but I don't know. Maybe find a coach that'll make sure that happens. Right. So I, I mean,
0: <laughs> ever since ever since they got Tobias Harris, I've thought you have no more excuses. You have no more excuses to be a subpar. Now that you have Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, a, a lot
1: t- teams have done a lot more with a lot less. Absolutely. A ton more with a lot less. Like that that team has has run out of excuses years ago. And I mean, and I think you see it too with like with Jimmy Butler when he left and like came to the Heat. Like Jimmy Butler's like, "I don't like what, what is your guys' mindset? And, and he's even talked about it in Miami about how everybody in Miami, it's like from, from top to bottom in that organization, it's about working hard. It's about doing the little things and it's about winning. And like, it see, it seems like those 76ers, like, I understand some of the 76ers players just need to mature, but then you need to have a coach and you need to have like a front office that's going to help them mature if they're not doing like something needs to change for them so that you can help them mature because clearly it's not just going to happen like by itself.
0: Yeah. And we see it with Jimmy Butler, the player that he is with Miami versus the player he is with Philly. I mean, with Miami, he can push them wherever they can go. And with Philly, he just was never on that team. Truthfully. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was, I mean, it's, it's night and day between, I mean, just the way he plays his body language and everything. So I think personally I think it's time to, to move on from Brett Brown because they have they have the talent to compete for an Eastern conference. They just do. Um as far as the West goes, there's kind of another four, five, six seed battle between the uh the Rockets at four, Jazz at five, and who would have guessed it? The OKC Thunder at six. I mean um, Wow what, like, what a season by the Thunder. Truthfully. Billy Thunder. dirt masterful job, Chris Paul just kind of bringing that that veteran leadership like everyone thought they were gonna be easily like a, a lottery pick team and and start planning for the future and instead they're a six seed and they compete every night. I mean they just that's another team like the heat that like their players are just working hard um and sometimes that's that's the difference between because everybody at that level is obviously insanely talented, right. Right, yeah. And uh,
0: yeah, one could say they're thunder and lightning. Oh, <laughs> oh gosh. Sound that was effect. awful.
1: That was. Sound effect. Sound team. Awful. Oh, um, boy. Now well, you know, well. <laughs> as we, we love you still, Jan. Don't worry. Th- thank like you. That. I mean, I, you
0: got to love me after that because I do it at least three times a day. Otherwise. <laughs> Otherwise,
1: I don't know what you're doing hanging around me. My yeah. gosh! Wait. Come
0: on, block a three-pointer, you jerks!
1: I'm stuck with you now. So, but you know, if I was the Thunder sitting at that six seed, I think I'd rather just stay at the six seed. I think a matchup between the Nuggets, who are still a young team themselves, albeit very talented, sounds a lot easier to me than a seven-game series between the Rockets or the Jazz. Um, right. So the I Thunder wouldn't want to play the Rockets. But, like, yeah, like, I, I don't want to play those two teams. Like, those two teams, Jazz are going to make your life tough. And the Rockets are, at times, the Rockets look like the best team in, in the NBA. So, if I'm the yeah. Thunder, I'm doing. Um, and then, of course, that, that final eight seed, kind of a battle between Grizzlies, Blazers, Spurs, Pelicans are, are kind of got a half foot in. Um, I think, at the least, I think the Blazers um, get that ninth seed. And and I think we'll probably go up against the Grizzlies. And um, even if the Blazers get the ninth seed, I'm I'm taking the Blazers over the Grizzlies. I love the Grizzlies, they got a bunch of talent, but I think in this bubble and in this kind of all right, restart play basketball thing, we've seen teams with youth and just young players kind of struggle a little more to to turn it back on. Um, and you know, a guy like Damian Lillard, especially the veteran that he is now, he he doesn't need any time to to turn it on. So I, I think the Blazers are going to grab that that last seed, and uh, it's going to be a heck of a matchup for the Lakers in the first round.
0: Yes, it is. I have two things to add. Number one, just so everyone knows, Jaron Jackson has just been announced out for the season for the Grizzlies, so that just gives them – another to climb, especially with yeah. him kind of being their second best player. He's been uh, killing
1: it. If anything, he's probably been their, their best player down there, their
0: best player. Yeah. I mean, it, him or jaw. It's definitely a close, close one between the two. And, uh, I have another thing to add. Do you think it's just coincidental luck that a team from Portland's nickname is the blazers? I just have to ask, like, are we, are we thinking that's just luck? Like that I get trailblazers like nature and all of that, but that just seems too
1: perfect for me. I, <laughs> I don't know. When were they when were they named the Trailblazers? Let's see. Let's see. The same day that we Portland. was legalized. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Portland always wants to be like trailblazer-y, though. I mean, hey, I stand with Portland, but Portland also thinks they're like way cooler than they are. That's my hot take of the day. You're not that cool, Portland. That's your
0: hot, hot, uh, yeah. We love Portland. We love Portland. We stand with,
1: let's make that very clear. We love yeah. Portland. Oh, yeah. I stand with Portland, but you're not as cool as you think you are, Portland. Both things can I, be true.
0: I stand with Portland, but I'm also like making comments under my breath
1: next to Portland. <laughs> <laughs> But when Portland goes to the bathroom, and she's like, "Man, Portland's got a big, bit of a big head, doesn't it?" Yeah, it's like <laughs> I, I love Portland. Kind of annoying, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, who knew we were gonna rip on Portland? Right, We love Portland. We love if Portland. Anyone listening from Portland to this, like, sick?
0: Yeah, I really hope so. And for everybody. I mean, with everything going on in Portland right now, we truly do stand with Portland. I I'm sick of us going down eight points in the first quarter. I'm absolutely sick of it, guys. Like, geez, just have some kind of defense. Sorry. Very upset about what's going on here. But yeah, I mean, sounds like a that's, that's right. About the game, In case you guys didn't know. Oh boy. Just I can't stand it. Anyway. Uh, exciting NBA season, and I just can't wait to see those those playoffs get decided and to see the great matchups. I mean, they're going to be all over the place, and everyone is going to be fighting for that cup. All right, and that's what we have for you today. So congratulations. You've made it through two episodes of... To beers bravissimo. Please. and bravissimo congratulations you've heard all the sports that happened and so continue to watch and we will continue to cover them in future episodes our next episode coming up like i said is at the end of the week it is a cocktail hour episode that's right the very first we're going to be doing some iowa city bar talk it's going to be fancy as hell matt drink something fancy that's what yeah, i want I'm, you
1: I'm, I'm thinking about drinking like a martini during it
0: Ooh, I mean, that's nice i was gonna get myself a, i was gonna get myself a nice cab yeah. right let's do it get a nice, nice cab, cab. <laughs> get a nice yeah. cab <laughs> <I like it. laughs> sick all right well why don't you give me uh you know what
1: yeah who went first in shout outs last episode i think what you went. You i'll go all that. right. Yeah. Why don't you go? Forgive I was going to me mention earlier during the WNBA, like kind of just review. Um, but I wanted to save it for the shout out. Dewana Bonner leading the WNBA right now with 27 and a half points per game. Absolutely killing it for the Suns uh, in her first season there. She's upped her points per game by, I think, like 10 from last season. She's upped her field goal percentage, her three point field goal percentage, her free throw percentage. Uh, the Suns are 0-4, so they're struggling. But uh, she's also up to uh, rebounds, 8.8 per game is the highest she's ever had. Assists at 3.8 are the highest she's ever had. All of her stats right now are like career highs. Um, I understand it's early in the season at four games. There's a lot more to go. But regardless, four games in, DeWanna Bonner is absolutely dominating in the WNBA. So shout out to her. Shout out to her indeed. Dominant force in that WNBA
0: return. My shout out is to a legend. A legend retired. That's right. Iker Casillas retired at the age of 39 Ah. yesterday. History maker with Spain and Real Madrid. He's been on Porto, but if you remember, Matt, he had a heart attack in practice last year in May. And he had not played since, especially because of everything in coronavirus world, obviously. But he had not played since, and he decided to retire today at the age of 39. Kind of young for goalkeepers nowadays. So, um, But, I mean, what a career he's had. I'm going to go through some crazy stats with you here. With Real Madrid, three Champions League titles, five La Ligas, two Copa del Rey, four Spanish Super Cups, Two times each of the UEFA Super Cup, the Intercontinental Cup, and the FIFA Club World Cup. And he made 177 Champions League appearances. That is a record, in case you were wondering. So he holds the record for Champions League appearances. For Spain, he did, you know, comparable, I suppose. 167 caps for Spain. Captained them to two European championships and one World Cup. Oh, and let me remind you, Matt, that was back to back to back. That was 2008, 2010, 2012. Captained and goalkeeped. Goalkeeped is not a word. Goalkeep was goalkeeper for Spain in that dominant six year stretch. Congratulations on an amazing 25 year career to Iker Casillas. Great leadership throughout, and let's be honest, should be in somebody's management team in the
1: future. Pers- perhaps Real Madrid. Truly, truly a legend. I mean that that back to back to back, the Euros, World Cup, Euros. That I mean, one of the most dominant stretches by a national team of all time. Um, and Mister Casillas did it. Did it on the international level. Did it on the domestic level. Just an absolute beast in between the goalposts. And uh, it's it's sad to see him go. So we wish him the best. All right, Yannick, it's my turn now to ask you the quick fire questions. I'm so not excited for this. I have no, I, I'm i I'm so
0: nervous. I have to say that right now. I usually ask these questions and Matt was like, um, I'm, gonna I'm ask doing it
1: this. this around." <laughs> I was like, son of a gun. It's, an honor, it's right. an honor of Regis Philbin. So now I got to put you in the hot seat. Who wants to be a, oh, wants to be a millionaire? Shout out. All right. R.I.P. Regis. They're not quiz questions, though. Yes. R.I.P. Mr. Philbin. You're a legend. All right. First question. Who is going to win the MLS's back cup? Oh. Okay. So, like
0: last, like last week, I'm gonna say it's probably gonna be the winner of the Philly Union and the Portland Timbers. You gotta pick one of them. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Portland Timbers. I think that they have veterans that can lead them, as well as young players that can push them, and they are solid defensively. Going to
1: go with the Portland Timbers winning the MLS. I like it. I like it. Do you think – this is just an add-on to that one and probably applies less to the Timbers because the Timbers have been such a good franchise for a while. Do you think the success in this cup is going to help kind of catapult them in the actual MLS season to kind of continue the success?
0: I mean – I would say so. I think it gives them a good boost going back into the season, sure. How much it's going to catapult them, I wouldn't say all too much. Like you said, they were a good team, you know, pre-coronavirus. And the only team that I'm worried about more in the West than them is LAFC, and they're nowhere near LAFC. So I think that, you know, maybe it helps them compete, but I just think LAFC is too good. And so they're going to stay as the second best team in the West. If if another team were to win the MLS's back cup, let's say Orlando City wins the MLS's back cup, then I think it does something huge. I think you can you can start talking about playoff teams kind of with that momentum. But for the
1: Timbers, I think not so. Yeah, for sure. All right, next question. We're going to golf. Is Rory McIlroy oh, going to win a major this year? Oh.
0: All right. So I believe, if I'm not mistaken, there are three majors yeah. left um, that are, haven't been, you know, canceled or postponed or anything like that. I don't see him winning the Masters. He's never won the Masters before. I don't see this year being his first. Um, so I'm going to say no to that one. I think he has to win this week if he's going to win a major. Yeah, this I think in the PGA Championships he's he you know he's been I think he's won twice if I'm if I'm correct, and so I think it's probably the best chance he has. But Brooks Kepka, if I'm not mistaken, won back to back the last yeah, two years, two times. So right, so I and now that Kepka's kind of back on his game, he finished you know in that top four. I I, I do think he he could threaten again for a 3 I I think. Ror, I'm going to say no. I don't think Rory wins uh, a a major this year. I think the Masters is going to be far too open. I think the PJ Championships, you know, with Brooks Kepka being so good on that uh course, I wouldn't bet against him. And the other one, Open Championships, is that the is that the other major that's uh, left? The US Open. Perhaps. The US Open, right, the Open got canceled. The US Open uh oh, well yeah, the US Open I also wouldn't put him ahead. I like Webb Simpson for that one. I feel like Webb Simpson's won the past in that one as well. Um, Webb Simpson doing well this season. Yeah, I'm going to say no. I think he probably finishes top five, at least two of them. But
1: yeah, I'm going to say no. But if he does, it's going to be this one. I like it. You know the last year that Rory won a major championship? 2014. 2011. Yeah. 2014, 2014. He won, he won the he won, PGA. And he won the Open. One right, and that's
0: what I've been saying. He has he, been good since, but no, but no he's majors. Not on that same it's level. crazy.
1: Like that's crazy to no think man. about that it's been. I mean, like you're nobody's going to say Rory McIlroy isn't one of the best golfers, but it's it's been a while since he's won one of the major tournaments. So, uh, right, he was number one the other he was day. Number one, so one for that's years. Crazy. <laughs> he held on. of course tire woods also held on to the number one ranking for like ever and ever at two uh even when he wasn't winning so but uh all right final question out of all the transfers already completed no rumors or anything like that which player is going to have the most impact on their new club i love this question i think there are
0: so many different options and I know people will point to the Chelsea transfers as possibly those transfers that might make the most difference because they've been these high quality transfers like Timo Werner, like uh, Ziek And I know that um, Kai Havertz is not there yet, but that'll be another one that people point to. I'm going to go with one that might be a little more under the radar and only because I think it will detrimentally affect the team he's leaving and monumentally, improve the team he's going to I'm gonna go with Ashraf Hakimi going from Borussia Dortmund to Inter Milan I think that the transfer back will just help him out I think that Inter Milan was missing any kind of defensive prowess I think Ashraf Hakimi under the right coach and I like Antonio Conte I really do I think he can become a more sized um Jordan not Jordan Henderson um Oh, boy, what's – Robertson. I think he can become a better-sized Robertson, like for Liverpool, and I think he's got that kind of skill. He shows that offensive power. I think he takes pressure off of the middle of the field so Lukaku gets even more space and can be even more dominant. And honestly, when Hakimi wasn't playing for Dortmund, Dortmund didn't know what to do in the defense. So I really do think that that really affects Dortmund in a negative way. So I'm going to go with Ashraf Hakimi. If you ask me in a couple days, Matt – my answer would be different. It would be Jaden well, Sancho be, going to Manchester United. I, I heard that they I heard that they agreed on thirty-two million thirty-two uh you know million something for his wages. So we'll see. And I I think that would be the one that I pick because truthfully Dortmund will be lost without him. I mean, when he didn't play for Dortmund, they didn't know what they were doing. And Manchester United is one one, you know, kind of improvement away from really challenging. Manchester City for that second
1: spot I really do think that so
0: that would be my answer but for now I'm going to stick with Ashraf
1: I like that one I like that one a lot because sometimes too I mean like impact wise not that he was a cheap transfer but like sometimes impact wise people always just look towards whatever the highest one was or whatever the uh bigger name was um and that's not always the case and he's a good signing it's absolutely it's a great signing.
0: I do like it. And I think Inter Milan is making good decisions and they will improve and challenge Juventus for that Scudetto next year. All right. Well, those quick fire questions were good ones. Maybe you should do them more often. You should. You'll do them next week. You'll do them next week too because I, I did do it a couple in a row. So that's what's going to happen. And I'll sit here and sweat a little <laughs> more. So that I love great. it. Um. Thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, really quick. I, we We are on so many different... Uh, interfaces on the internet. So I'm just going to shout them out really quick. We're on Anchor. Follow us at Two Beers, please. We're on Spotify. Follow us at Two Beers, please. We're on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe and rate us at Two Beers, please. And we also have a Facebook page that you can like. And on top of that, we have a Twitter and Instagram page. Both are at... This is going to be complicated, so please pay attention at 2BP underscore podcast. Why is that? Because there is a Two Beers Please handle already out there, and I have no idea what the heck they're doing, but they are in the wrong part we're of town. town. But we're going to get we're it them. We're going to
1: get it. You just wait. We'll, we'll make a uh, But yes. Yeah. Wow, that's two movie yeah. quotes in one episode. That's a good job by me. <laughs> we'll make them an offer they can't refuse. I love it. 2BP underscore
0: podcast for Instagram and Twitter. Thank you for joining us so much. It's been so fun talking sports two days straight. We love it. We can't get enough of it. Cocktail hour episode coming later this week. But until then, stay safe, wear a mask no matter where you are, and register to vote. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Cheers.